0: Thank you so much for sharing that, Janice. That is truly powerful when we are transparent. That shows so much strength. Um, and I admit, before you guys, after being inspired by that, I came here this morning feeling like that. I came here this morning feeling the weight of, I can't come before a congregation. I can't do that. Really, Lord? Are, are you sure that you want me to do that? But that's one thing that I really wanted to Express and share with you guys is before I even say one word, even though I already have said a couple, uh, I want to invite the grace of God to come upon this place. I want to invite the Holy Spirit to rest and dwell within this place because otherwise it's pointless. It will not rest within your hearts and you will not leave this place hearing the word of the Lord if it is not for the Holy Spirit. Um, Because I think of those moments where I read a passage of scripture or I heard a sermon or whatever it may be. And it changed everything. And it wasn't because I was living as a great Christian. I was being a holy person. But it was because the grace of God fell upon me, rested upon my heart. The Holy Spirit was in that place and moving. And it transformed my life. So I pray that we may not leave this place um, as a, oh, that was good. Yeah, thank you for that word. But as a new and transformed person because we heard the word of the Lord. So I want to invite you into a time of prayer um, before. We read the word of the Lord. Father God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for your presence. It's so peaceful. It's so empowering. empowering. We thank you that we can hear your word so freely. Oh, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to do as you please. Oh God, we need you to speak. Let it be your words and not my own. I pray that your word would come alive. For by ourselves we are unable to understand, but through your Holy Spirit we may. So in your name, Jesus, we invite you to come that your grace would fall upon this place and we would not just walk away um, thinking that it was okay and it was good and we heard the word but to be transformed by you through your word. As Psalm 1914 says, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Awesome. So, as you can tell, I'm not Pastor Tom. Um, I know, I know. He has, you know, just a few years on me, but um, he is sick, so keep him in your prayers. Um, He will, you know, it's not drastic. You know, I think it's just a cold. He could probably be here, but (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, right? So, um, but our youth has been going through a series called The Radical Sayings of Jesus because we are not called to live a comfortable life as believers, as disciples, disciples but we are called to live a radical life found in him. Um, so we've been going through this series. It's a seven-week series. It's been so good. Um, I think everyone is just learning so much um, through the word of the Lord. And today we are going to cover Mark 8. So if you want to open up your Bibles and turn to chapter 8 in Mark We're going to start in verse 34 and read through verse 38. And the words will be on the screen as well as we read through it. So I'll give you guys a second to open up. You know, you can do the old-fashioned sword drill. Everyone here today is doing it with me. I can cheat a little bit, though, because I have tabs. All right, we there? Okay. So let's start in verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. And take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to save their life, excuse me, will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, for the sake of the gospel, will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels." this is the word of the Lord. Wow, this is a powerful passage. I think it's so, this is the gospel in this passage. This this has impacted me in my life because the Holy Spirit opened up my eyes to this word in a new way. Um, And I think that what we can learn immediately is this is what it means to be a disciple. And he's doing this, Jesus is doing this, Right after he performs all these miracles, he's doing it after telling them he must die, and he predicts his death um, for the first time. And this is what it means to be a disciple, is to be a Christian. This is what we should all desire to do daily, right? And there's three things that I want to focus on, and it's all within verse 34 throughout this passage. It is, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. So the first word, deny ourselves. What does that mean? And I want to go... Um, and I want to talk about this culture that we live in. You know, it's kind of out there. But I want to go to the far left side of this spectrum, and it's the culture of self-love, this toxic self-love that I believe we live in. Because, for example, you know, we're so focused on ourselves. We take selfies. And, you know, the first person we look at in those pictures when we take a picture of ourselves or we're in a group picture with other people is we look at ourselves. We say, oh, how do I look within this picture? How, do I, how am I perceived? Do I look good? Do I look bad? Is this my good side? Whatever it may be we look at ourselves as soon as we see this picture and we are so consumed with how others perceive us. This is this culture that we live in of it's okay and we need to worry about ourselves first. We need to worry about ourselves first, how others perceive us first, and then we can take care of the rest. And we are always wanting something for ourselves first in order to please ourselves first and care what others think about us first. And God sees this, and that's why he talks about this, I believe here, about denying ourselves. He sees that we can get so caught up in ourselves and that we completely lose sight of the sake for the sake of the gospel. We completely lose sight of the true gospel because we're so self-centered. He sees the self-inflicted pain and what the culture tells us in this world that we live in. And we seek to please ourselves first rather than the Lord first. We love ourselves first, our views first. We can love what we, we believe is to be true whether it be within Scripture, whether it be outside of Scripture, we hold that first, and we can be so self-centered in that rather than other-centered. And I think that's so contradictory to what Scripture talks about. We are not to worry about ourselves first, but we are to worry about others first. We are to live a other-centered life first, not a self-centered life first. And it was bad enough that disciples, they just heard Jesus predict his death for the first time, and they're so focused on that. I can see them following their rabbi, following Jesus for their, you know, his three years of his ministry, and they're following him, and he's telling them, all right, I got to go die. And, you know, Peter here is like, no, like, why, you, why do you need to go? I, I want to be with you. I want to stay with you. I want to follow you. I've been good. And that is what Jesus is talking about, denying ourselves. Because Peter is so consumed with his own ideas, with what he wants, his views, rather than what Jesus has in store for us. And what I think is so cool, when studying this word, now I'm going to do my best to pronounce the Greek word. I studied Hebrew in school, not Greek, but I'm going to do my best to pronounce it. And it's aparnetome. The Greek word aparnetome, which is deny. And it's used very little in the New Testament. And there's two prominent times, I believe. There's a few others, but there's two prominent times that it is used throughout the New Testament. This being one and the other when Peter denies Jesus. And the definition of this word is to cut off all connection with someone. That is one way that is used. To completely cut off, to say, I don't know you just as Peter did when he denied Jesus. I don't know this man. I don't know who you talk about. I have no affiliation with him. He denies Jesus. It's to also, as used within this context, to forget oneself. To lose sight of oneself and our own self-interest. To lose sight of what you had originally planned. Just as Peter shows here, he says, No, you don't need to leave. You don't need to die. What are you talking about? Because he has his own views. He wants the Messiah that they talked about throughout the whole Old Testament to be a Messiah that comes to reign, to be king, to defeat Rome and help save them from this oppression, rather than this plan that Jesus has in store, which is so much better. And here's what Jesus says to do in the text Deny yourself. And here's one thing that I want to put up, it's going to be on the slide. It is instead of denying yourself, I want you to think of it in this way as die to yourself. To die to your old ways. To deny yourself is to die to yourself. To die to your old self. This is baptism. It is you have died to your old self. You are washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ to a new life found full in Jesus Christ. This is the heart of the gospel. This is why we do baptism. You have died to your old self. You have died to the old ways, your old views, and what you had in store, what you had planned for the sake of the gospel, to be washed away by the blood of Jesus and walk to a new life found full in him. And I'm sorry I don't have notes printed out for you guys this morning. I hope that, you know, it probably irks you, but maybe you can just journal along. So this this is what Jesus talks about is denying ourselves. Now I want to go into the next part of this, which is to pick up our cross. But first, I have a little kind of game, okay? Now, this was originally planned out for the youth, but I think it's still going to be a good game for you guys because I added a little something to it. So I'm going to put on the slides, I'm going to put up a picture. It's going to be a logo. It's like a logo game. It's not going to have the word or the name of the company or the brand, um, but it's just going to be the logo, the symbol, and you guys shout out what that brand is, okay? Start off pretty easy. So the first one is Target. Very easy. You guys are genius. Okay, Target. Good job. Next one. Apple, okay, good, pretty easy still. Next one, Pepsi. Pepsi, you guys are super smart this morning, it's sharp. Next one, Monster. Monster, okay, maybe a little bit more difficult, probably not, honestly. All right, and the next one, GameCube. ah, we got some people that know it, GameCube. This is a video game system, okay. All right, and the next one, I will be completely shocked if somebody knows what this one is. No target. (laughs) That's a good, good, no, this one is, you can put the words, London Underground. Did somebody say that? You got it. I I really don't know how you got that. Yes. Okay. Anyways, I'm sorry, that really shook me that he actually knew what that was. (laughs) I was not prepared for that. I figured ain't no way everyone's going to get this. Yes. And now I have one more picture that I'm going to put up cross and as you guys could tell as you went through these pictures you knew the brand the company who they are what they represent what they mean what they sell what they do you know all these things and as a result it's because you grew up with them you grew up with that context you went to the store you lived at that store in some weird way maybe at target i know brian lives in target practically but starbucks Starbucks. okay that works too Yeah, you knew it because you understood the context because you grew up with it now when we look at this picture when we look at the cross here's a couple of things that i believe that people will say when they see that picture you see christians jesus they say church now some even may say rules that's what people say when they look at that because they don't understand the context Now, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, when he say, deny yourselves and take up your cross and follow me, he knows exactly who he's talking to. He knows exactly who the audience is, and they know exactly what he's talking about and referring to. Because when they see this image, they think death. And not just any death, it is death by crucifixion, the most gruesome death imaginable at this time. And he uses this picture to depict what exactly it means to follow him. Because this Roman method of execution is for condemned criminals who are literally picking up a cross, putting it upon their back, walking through the streets of the town to their death site. That's what that tool is. Not, they're not thinking that is how we are saved. And Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me, literally walking to your own death. And as we talked about, the next thing on the side is going to be a quick review. It's going to be what it means to pick up our cross. And to pick up our cross daily is to willingly follow Jesus unto death. Simply put, to pick up our cross daily is to simply, willingly, not simply, but willingly follow Jesus unto death. To carry that cross, knowing exactly where you're going, where you're headed, you say, I will still follow you and I think this is what it means to be a disciple. I think there can be a little bit of a distinction between a Christian and a disciple of Christ. Now, essentially, yes, those mean the same thing. But in my life, when people ask me, okay, when, were you, when did you become a Christian? And I guess some of you guys may have some different answers because for me, it was about four or five times. I told people, I, I, you know, I accepted Jesus when I was like five. And then I did, you know, maybe six also, seven. Yes, there was that time at camp. Yeah, I did it, you know, probably four or five times. I didn't truly know the answer. But to be a disciple, I didn't, when I learned this text, and to fully become a disciple of Jesus Christ, I want to say I became a true disciple of Jesus Christ until I was in college. Until I learned what it meant to pick up my cross, to deny myself, and to follow Jesus. And that only comes through being in his word and to follow him unto death and to learn. It's not, a, all right, I'm good, I have it all figured out. But it's a learning of willingly following him unto the point of death. Now I want to do something. I want to read this passage one more time that we have an understanding of the context and read it to the end. Starting in verse 34. Then he called to the crowd. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone, anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So this is just a quick recap. To deny ourselves is to die to ourselves, to die to our old way, to die to what our views that we want to put first instead of others. Because this is what we are called. We are called to live as an others-centered person, not a self-centered person. When we deny ourselves daily, we surrender ourselves to Jesus Christ daily and choose to willingly obey his will. Not forced to, but choose to. We desire to. We desire to be a disciple. And to pick up across daily is to say we will follow Jesus all the way into death. I remember seeing this image in a sermon one time where the pastor brought on a long rope that extended across the stage, off to the stage, you couldn't even see it. And he just said, Imagine this rope running both ways forever. It doesn't stop. It's an infin- infinite rope. And he had this little taped-off section that was red, and he said, This is your lifespan. This, let's put this in perspective. This is eternity, it's never ending, it's always going. This is how long you are on this temporary home. This is not our home. This is our temporary home. And to say we will follow Jesus unto the point of death is to say during this short lifetime, I will follow you each and every day. I will pick up this cross every day and follow you willingly, desiring to. And this is the main idea that I want to get across to you guys, and that is to be a disciple of Christ. We radically risk everything. We radically risk all of ourselves and all of who we are in order to gain everything we lose ourselves he so he may increase we must decrease so that he may increase that is why he says in verse 35 forever wants to save their life will lose it if we live for ourselves if we don't deny ourselves we will lose it but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it we lose ourselves our old self our identity our selfish and old way of life being baptized washed away by the blood of Christ living to a new life found full in him We gain everything which is the life found full in Jesus Christ as it talks about in John 10.10. So the last thing that I want to leave you guys is a quick challenge. And the challenge is simply, what part of your life must you crucify with Christ? What part are you holding on to within your heart that you don't deny? You say, oh, no, that's, that's okay. I can keep that. I can keep this part of my old self. No, no. What part of your life must you deny and then radically pick up that cross? And follow Jesus unto the point of death. We're not called to a comfortable life, but a radical life found in Jesus. So with that, I just want to leave you guys with that challenge. And let's go into a time of prayer. Father God, you are so good. You are faithful. Jesus, we need you each and every day. Will we not hold on to ourselves, to our old way of life, to what we want, to what we desire... But would we hold on to what you want, to what you desire, to what you have planned? Jesus, I think it's funny how in the sword drill, Galatians 2.20 was there. And that is what I had planned out to pray over every person in this room, which is I've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Lord, may it be out of our love for you that we want to follow you, that we willingly follow you unto the point of death. May we understand the significance of that image that was on the screen, of that cross that we can wear around our necks, that we see on posters, on billboards. May we understand that every single day. And know that it is only because of you that we may live. So May we choose to follow you each and every single day. Lord, we thank you, we praise you. In your powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I don't know where Pastor Anson is, but he's going to come up. He's going to do some announcements for us.